Welcome back, listeners, to a new episode of The New Standard. And as always, I have my partner to my left, Neil Kulong. What's up, Neil? Um, you know, Lance, it's a great day. We uh, we had a, a, a real enjoyable night last night. Um, got a little bit of sleep. We're uh, we're still continuing to work here as this is kind of the, the super long day uh, before the longest day. So... Um, I'm I'm running on what I can right now, and I'm looking forward to Steelers making two picks tonight. Now I should know better. Correct me if I'm wrong. Today is two, three, and four, or is it just two and three? Two and, and then tomorrow is four, today. five, and six. Okay, tomorrow two and three. is four through seven. Four through seven. Okay, that's the day where nobody pays attention except super nerds. And, <laughs> Barely not you. Know, you. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot that there was the seventh round. <laughs> you know, no. I don't blame you. It's not usually no, noteworthy. No. No, I'm, I'm going to be relaxing with the cocktail in the pool uh, in hot <laughs> Arizona with my feet in some water. But if you want to participate in the show, and great for the response. We had a great, fantastic response yesterday. If you want to participate in the show, make sure you go to YouTube, do a search for The New Standard, and hit us in the comments. Big up to my man, Kenny Love. K-Love, what's happening? And also, if you want to join the podcast experience and just get it that way, make sure you go to Google Feed. Uh, you go to Apple Podcasts, you go to Spotify, do a search for the new standard. Now, I wanted to peel it back a little bit because in a moment, I don't think we were able to peel back the onion and get into the deep layers of the drafting of Kenny Pickett. And, and I think a great way to do that is to pose a couple of true and false scenarios. And I love these because they're largely speculative, but that's all we can basically do at this point. When, it talk, when we talk about the draft pick and what we see in the future, we have a crystal ball. Right now, our crystal ball is flavored black and gold. So we're going to choose to look into it and see what it says and what it reveals. So here's the first true or false. And before I get your response, I want to read the response of my true and false from esteemed Steeler journalist, my friend, my OG, James C. Wexel. Let me ask you the true and false. True and false. Kenny Pickett starts week one. This is what Wexel said. He said, please, a rookie out of the worst QB class in a quarter century isn't going to beat out two healthy, hungry, competent vets. What's your thought? Do you echo largely what Jim said? Can Kenny Pickett be QB one? Game one? Uh, no, without injury, no. Um, I, I think Jim summarized that probably as well as I would have. Um, we got we to gotta put this in realistic context, okay? A lot of what uh, Wexel said rings true. Keep in mind, uh, with the selection of Kenny Pickett, that means that Mitchell Trubisky is playing for, basically he's in a contract year whether that's a contract with the Steelers next year or whether he's preparing himself uh, to, to hit the market again next year. We already know that Rudolph is doing that. And frankly, Rudolph might be playing for a contract this year. It, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, you know, it's pretty clear that uh, you've got two expensive veterans and a, a rookie taken in the first round. Rudolph is the odd man out of that. So he's auditioning for other teams. Um, he's going to play hard going into camp, meaning it, it's, I wouldn't say that Pickett's even a guarantee to be the backup. It, it's not a sure thing that they would get rid of Rudolph, but he's going to be prepared for that. That's going to take time away from 
uh, what Pickett is is trying to do, what he's trying to learn. It, it's it's an uphill battle for for that situation, to put it mildly. Trubisky is I, – I think he was signed to be the week one starter and uh, give the team – uh, it give the team either a starter or a pretty solid insurance policy in the event that they can't find uh, a, a starter in this draft, which I don't think that they're going to for, for this year. Um, I, I might not put it as, as brutally as Jim did, but I appreciate the fact that he did. <laughs> and he, he's right. I, Trubisky is barring anything unforeseen that we wouldn't know right now. Trubisky is their guy uh, for, for week one. Okay. That's not a sure thing for the season, but for week one, uh, that'll be the case. I love the way Jim put it. Jim put it, he went straight sour ass. And I love the way Jim, you know, in my past conversations with Jim, man, I love the way Jim it is, it, he's cut to the chase. Jim will give you the answer straight up, no chaser. And, 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 and usually reduces it to what you really want to hear. Because a lot of times in my conversations in the past with Jim, you know, I would bring my my, my philosophical ideas around football. And Jim would just reduce them to dude. You're thinking too much. It's not really all that complicated. No way he's going to be the starter week one. But it does pose another true and false. True or false, is there any way that Mitch Trubisky can perform well enough where he is QB1 next year? Um, I Yeah, I mean, he can't rule out even the borderline impossible. Um, I okay. I, there are two different ways to look at this. From what you're saying, can he perform well enough to do that? Yes. Is that going to happen? No. They didn't just draft a guy at 20 to have him not start next season. Um, Trubisky, basically, the second year of his contract is is done. Now it, it's not going to be fulfilled, um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that he can play well. He has the opportunity to go out and play well. Um, you hope that he does if he's the starter for the sake of the Steelers, but they just drafted the guy at 20 that they're going to want to use this year developing as best they can. And then, um, you know, turn the reins over to him next season. They wouldn't have drafted the quarterback that they felt would have to compete for two seasons with the guy they already signed. I mean, they, they drafted the guy to replace him next year. So, um, he can play well enough to earn that and still not get it. That happens. Um, you have to make the decision before, um, you, they, they, you want to get rid of an asset before it depreciates, and that that's Mitch Trubisky basically right now. Um, it's really all he can be, and that's that that's uh, part of the business of the game. It's not personal. Um, it makes me happy. I'm I'm glad to see that they don't need to worry about him playing for a second year because that would really be a bad thing for the team because this would just be a, a frozen year that's devoid of real value, and they're they're not moving forward as a franchise. Pickett gives them the ability to do that. Um, some people will tell you it's a waste of time. I would say you drafted him. That's what you have now. You have to go all in. So you have to assume that the idea here is that he is going to be the starter uh, next season and Trubisky is going to be back in free agency. With that being said, and it was the, the funniest thing to me in terms of the Steelers draft, yesterday was uh, just looking at Mike Tomlin looking as giddy as he could be calling Kenny Pickett and I think of the draft me being a non-draft guy you know I do appreciate the moments where you see kids fulfill a dream and you see the the families and you see all that emotion because families put a ton of hard work into kids becoming and fulfilling their dreams to play professional football you know you got dads you got moms you got uncles you got aunts 
You got family support. They're driving kids to practices. They're buying gear. All this different stuff goes into, and all this love gets put into these guys to fulfill their dreams. And it's excellent to see that raw emotion that you see on draft night. To that point, you heard Mike Tomlin be very excited about the drafting of Kenny Pickett. And also, I heard some comments yesterday when he talked about an open competition at the quarterback position. True or false? We talked about Kenny Pickett probably is not going to be QB1 week one. But true or false, the quarterback competition is really open between the guy that everyone loves to hate in Steeler Nation, Mason Rudolph, and Mitch Trubisky. Is there is there true or false? There is a legitimate quarterback competition that is going to occur. Yeah, I, I think so. If we're framing it as the the backups, um, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think it's possible, not guaranteed, but it's possible uh, Rudolph has some trade utility um, during training camp if this team's rookie isn't working out or somebody gets hurt. Uh, he could have some utility in a trade. I'm not sure how much that would really be considering his contract and the fact that he only has one year left. You'd hope that he'd be a little bit closer to the, the veteran minimum, but if the Steelers are willing to pitch in a few bucks, um, they, they could trade him and get something late for him um, in, in the 2023 draft. But I don't think um, – it. it it's unreasonable to say that they're not going to compete. I mean, you, you wouldn't say that anyway, but I, I do think it is legitimate that if Pickett comes in and shows he's capable of doing what the team would need the backup to do, uh, Rudolph becomes expendable. I'm not saying that they will get rid of him. I'm saying that they will cut him. They've already budgeted for him. They still have cap space. It's, it's not as if they would need to. You might not want to spend that money on him, or it you know it might be do right by the player and give him an opportunity to sign somewhere else. Uh, maybe compete for a starting job. I, I say that trying not to laugh. I, I don't think that's going to be the case, but it very well could be. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, we've seen a, a scenario in which uh, the two two Steelers starting quarterbacks went down um, by the third quarter of week two, and the rookie had to start. It worked out pretty well for the Steelers, but the Steelers had to get two backups to replace Tommy Maddox and Charlie Batch. So um, it, things like that happen. And that might create an opportunity uh, for Rudolph to go somewhere else where he might have a little bit more uh, future utility with the team. You, you look for that. And uh, along with that, you want them to push each other. You want them to get the most out of each other to see truly who the best player is. If Rudolph does really well, who knows? I mean, I know it, sound, it sounds crazy, but if Trubisky goes down, then you, you've got Rudolph versus Pickett. Rudolph has the, the huge um, benefit of – having made 10 starts with the Steelers in the past and Pickett hasn't made any in the NFL. So uh, you don't necessarily want to get rid of Rudolph unless it's just, you know, Pickett just totally comes in and dominates. Um, That very well could be the case as well, but having them compete is the neutral answer right now. And it's the right answer. I don't don't see any reason why they wouldn't want to do that. I agree that it's the right answer, but where I probably digress with you and I'm going to go into my pure uh, Jim Wexel answer. Hell no, it's not a competition. Mr. Bisky is starting. They know what they have in in Mason Rudolph. I mean, they they pretty much know what you said. Rudolph and Pickett. That's why I answered that. Yes, yes. No, no, no. But I'm saying you 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 are correct. I think in terms of the competition, you're right. I don't think there's a competition there as well. I I think Jim is probably spot on. Uh, 
you bring in Pickett with a guy with 10 starts and you bring yeah. in Trubisky and you give Pickett a chance and an opportunity to learn and develop in a new system. Because um, I think that the depth chart is going to be Trubs, Pickett, excuse me, Trubs, Rudolph, and Pickett. I think that's your depth chart. I think that's your QB room. And I think what the Steelers are planning is to have Pickett be the week one starter year two. With that being said, going into this second day of the draft, and we're doing this a little bit before the draft, and maybe we can predict where they'll go. Where are you going? If Looking at this team, looking at both sides of the ball, trying to feel needs and, and, and plug some areas of concern. Where are you going on this second day, particularly if you have Kenny Pickett as – your QB one next year. When I look at that offensive side of football, they need they need hosses. And, and I'm using your term. They they need some hosses. Like, can they get the kid that you love from uh, North Dakota State? Can they bring that kid in? They need some hosses. Where are you going in the second round of the draft with this Pittsburgh Steeler team, particularly now that they've invested in a QB one for the future? What are you doing? tomorrow or, or today in this draft in the second and third round where are you trying to hit you know i'm not usually going to say uh to target a position at a spot in the draft this is an exception to that uh second round which the tampa bay buccaneers are currently on the clock right now um probably not drafting christian watson fortunately no they took logan hall the defensive end out of houston so Watson, as of the time of recording, is still alive for the Steelers at 52. Looking forward to that happening. Um, they absolutely need to take a wide receiver. There, there's no doubt. They're down two of them. Let's not even get into whoever Chase Claypool is going to be. Side note, though, Lance, and this is really fun, they're going to take a receiver in the second round. I would bet anything on that. And for whatever reason, they're having Chase Claypool announce the pick. So for them to announce the guy that Claypool ends up getting replaced by would be fantastic. I I would I would love it. Um, people who have listened to us that, um, that, that certainly be, the, certainly the second half of last season know how I feel about Chase Claypool. That that would um, be sinister. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I was surprised when I saw his name. I was like, really? You know um, what that would be the equivalent of? You know what that'd be the equivalent of? And I would have to absolutely laugh if that happened. That would be the equivalent of. You introducing your wife to your girlfriend. Yeah. That would yeah. be the football equivalent of that. It happens all the time, though, in football. So yep. that, that's the professional part of football is regardless of what the organization does, you have a responsibility to be professional and to do your job to earn your check. Yeah, it just makes you wonder, is this really part of his job? I mean, why is he doing this? I, I don't know. Maybe it's an all-expenses-paid trip to Vegas, and that's why he's doing it. I guess it doesn't bother him. But I couldn't envision a scenario in which I would want to do something like this as a, as a third-year player in the league. It, no, you, you can let the legends that might need, you know, some a little bit of boost of, of you know, social profile uh, if I'm a player on the team, I don't want to be in the public eye like that. I mean, it just looks bad. That that's just me. I don't know. Speaking of veterans, man, didn't, I, it was, wasn't it just so awesome watching Franco Harris just get downright giddy when he made the pick of Kenny Pickett? I mean, I just love that. I watched Franco was just beside himself. It was just great seeing one of the legends be so happy 
about a particular draft pick. I mean, he was just he was just over the moon for that. And I love That's to what see I mean. you let you let Franco do that. Claypool right. just seems like he would be bitter and pissy about it. I don't know. It'll make for great TV. We'll we'll find out here how, in like an hour this? or so. How about Dwight Stone? Yeah, go get <laughs> how, about, how about Dwight Stone come back and do it? That that would be great. Let me ask you this, Neil. And let me throw it to you this way. So we're talking about things that we may see the Steelers do in this second day. What's another position group outside the wide receiver position? Because I think the wide wide receiver position is an obvious one. They may do it. They may not. Because when I look at the wide receiver room and people have been killing me, I'm just very down on the wide receiver room. I think the Steelers have two professional wide receivers. That's pretty much it. Outside outside of the wide receiver room. Yeah, exactly. Outside of wide receiver room, I'm thinking corner and I'm thinking a Stefan Tuitt replacement and an Alulu possible replacement because I'm not sure what Alulu has left in the tank. He's put about 35, 36, and I'm not sure. Coming, out, coming off a significant injury. And although he's a cow guy, yes, he's coming off a significant injury. So I don't know what you're going to get there. And I don't know what you're going to get from Stefan Tuitt. I don't know if Stefan Tuitt. I'm assuming he's still playing football, but I just don't know. And they're not saying anything about it, but that has to be a concern. So for me, I'm looking at wide receiver. I'm looking at defensive line and possibly even a corner. Uh, For me, I'd stay on offense. I think, as I mentioned, the running back um, in my dream of Chris Watson playing for the Steelers has ended as the Green Bay Packers have selected him with the 34th overall pick. Uh, the second in the second round. Um, good for him. Yep, very good. Great player. Great player. I, I remember watching him when he was a freshman. And it was just like, oh, my God, this kid does not belong at this level. Um, in fact, they're showing the clip right now that I I uh, that I highlighted. Um, just a couple of years ago, I put this on my page. Um, it's just a, a phenomenally talented athlete. He, he can play inside and out. Um, they had him running end arounds. A, a great all-around receiver um and yes he had a, a year playing with uh, trey lance which certainly helps easton stick was his quarterback when he was a freshman uh he's with the chargers now and then he got junk for for his last the the pandemic shortened season in the spring which doesn't really count and then his senior year um a couple garbage quarterbacks that he played with uh, his production dipped then, but the, the talent is impossible not to notice. Uh, he was a late addition to the senior bowl and then came into the senior bowl and just tore it up. And his stock has gone through the roof since then. Um, I thought he'd be like a fifth or sixth round guy. Um, second round, high second round. So great. Awesome. Go buys. We're, we're excited about that. Uh, sorry. Running back is a position I think they need to fill. Um, they need, they're going to need a backup to a running back that, you know, they want to get the ball to 350 times a year. Um, I don't know if that's the best strategy anyway, but with what they have right now um, in terms of depth at the position, if you want to call it that, I'm not sure if you call a puddle something that has depth. Uh, they, they don't have anything <laughs> behind Najee Harris. So they need let me, to find. Let, let me give you the names real quick before you continue. Trey Edmonds. Anthony McFarlane, Benny Snell Jr., and Derek Watt. 
That's your running back slash Derek fullback Watt. room. Derek Watt count? I mean, it's none yes. of these guys should count. I mean, he, Benny Snell clearly did not live up to what they wanted uh, out of the starting position uh, to begin with. McFarlane, I don't know what happened to McFarlane, but he's either hurt or he's inactive. They, they don't seem to want him on the field. Um, it, 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 Derek Watt is not a, a, an offensive player. Uh, let me ask he should you have been or not, I don't know, but he's just not. They don't use him as that. Let, let um, me ask you, Neil. Let me ask you, Neil. Let me cut you off real quick and big up to Coach Omar, my daughter's uh, coach, high school soccer coach and club coach. Big up to Coach O. Thanks for the support, my guy. And thank you for finding my Yeti Tumblr. Man, the Yeti <laughs> Tumblr, you cannot lose, man. Finding the Yeti Tumblr was money. He found the be, same. We need to be sponsored by Yeti. Yes, we do need to be sponsored by Yeti. So pick <laughs> up the Coach O. Oh, man, a puddle has no depth. Let me just ask. Let me just ask, man. Where do you come up with this shit, man? Come on, man. This this is the, <laughs> a, a puddle has no depth. That's that, come on, man. That's the greatest shit. Ever. Where do you come um, up with this? I'll be honest with you. If it doesn't come from some 80s or 90s movie reference or The Simpsons, I usually just come up with it. <laughs> it it's the, the worst part is, is it's it, I I can't seem to come up with the same stuff about something positive it's got to be negative <laughs> i i hate that about myself but it, it's it's the truth i hey, try to be funny it, while that, being negative and that's just what i'm kind of attracted to and built that makes it even better and big up the blinding light show man i love these names that guys come up with that's a new guy um that that, that is absolutely a new guy and i just want to read his comment because his tag is so awesome so by saying picket is going to be year two <laughs> starter means that canada is a shoe-in for another contract they Let's drafted get into this comment a little bit. I don't. I don't understand what he, they drafted him to run means. What to run the ball? He, scratch that last he's part. Certainly and, succeeding. And, and, if that's the case, I think a lot of that though is the fact that they they ran the ball a ton and weren't successful at it, and byproduct of that, threw the ball a ton and weren't successful at it, and <laughs> really weren't successful. So. It, it, if if that's all that they're asking him to do, he's doing a great job. I don't think that I Kenny Pickett starting in year two absolutely does not lock Matt Kennedy into anything. I don't I don't understand where that comes from. Um, it, look, let's see what let's see what Matt Canada does with the team that he'll have, and then worry about what he's going to be in in twenty twenty three. Either way, uh, uh, I think it's fairly obvious Kenny Pickett's going to be the starter. Uh, next season I don't, I don't think there's any real way to debate that but uh as far as canada goes i think people make way more out of canada because of what he's done in college and i'm starting to see too and i think we get this with kenny pickett um if this has something to do with kenny pickett being recruited by matt canada and then matt canada never having coached him Okay, we're we're reading way too deeply into this. There's your Jim Wexel answer, Lance. <clears throat> we're 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 analyzing this way too much. Um, it, Matt Canada's offense, which is something I joke around and put a hashtag by on on Twitter. Whatever it is, it doesn't work. Okay, it hasn't worked. <laughs> it's not like there's this golden system that only he can access. You know, it's not the water boy with the coach with the golden playbook and all he has to do is drop these plays and they magically work. An offense and a defense for that matter, but an offense is uh, it, it's the coordination of terminology more than anything else. 
there are tendencies that come from that, but it's more how you organize and study and practice play calls. Calling the game is completely different than installing and implementing an offense, okay? How you call it is based on who you're going up against in that particular game. You might implement new stuff. You might use the same other stuff. But if you are an effective communicator and you are are organized, which are two key points of doing any of this, the system that you have is what you're calling everything and how you're organizing protections, how you're organizing uh, route combinations, um, all of that plays together. And that's the sort of thing that you, you're practicing. You have to be ready to do all of those things in a very short amount of time. So your offense in and of itself is more just about the organization of it. It's not this rigid, structured group of, of plays that you'll use. That stuff changes week to week, let alone year to year. Okay, there might be a staple or two that you use consistently, but by and large, it's going to change. If it doesn't change, they're figuring you out by halftime. It's not like you can't be, you have to be dynamic in what you're doing. So Matt Canada's offense, Matt Canada's tendencies, all that junk, it's irrelevant. Okay, what he did five years ago in college has absolutely nothing to do with the 2022 Steelers. They brought him in to organize and coordinate their offensive efforts based on the things that they want to do as a team, okay? That includes blocking schemes, which your offensive line coach is the one really implementing more than anything else. It's what the tight ends are doing. It's how the running backs are, are being coached and, and you know used on the field, uh, what, what routes the wide receivers are going to run, what depth the quarterbacks are going to throw from. All of that stuff is up to your personnel, okay? You don't have, I can't think of a good equivalent right now. Um, you guys remember Derek Moy, okay? You don't have Derek Moy running like sprint, you know, it, it out sprints or anything like that because the dude accelerated like a semi-truck, all right? He's a big body guy. He runs downfield a certain way. It's not that he fits in an offense or doesn't fit in an offense. You don't have him on your team if you can't do anything that you want to do with him. So it, it's it's more up to the personnel that you have, um, who you're bringing in. So Matt Canada's job is giving input on the players that they have, the things that they can do with who they have. That's what he's drawing up his offense on. It's not Canada runs this and this guy doesn't do that. If they want the guy, they'll change it. And it's not up to Matt Canada who they draft, okay? There are three people above Canada that make those decisions. Um, as we've seen, they'll get rid of the coordinator far more quickly than they'll get rid of the head coach. It's up to the head coach to decide that. Let me stop you on that statement because I want to make a comment on Blinding Light Show when he said if Pickett waits until next year to start, then Canada gets another contract. Yeah. That is only true if – Canada had some success with Pickett. Like the only time a coach is going to be retained, guaranteed going to be retained, is a case of like Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes, where the marriage of the coordinator and the quarterback and the offense produces such fantastic results that there's no way that you break it up. If this offense is as bad as it was last year, Matt Canada will probably not be the offensive coordinator, regardless of yeah, drafting right. of Kenny Pickett. It's Kenny Pickett's either way. If if it's that bad, they may or may not keep him. But I promise you, it is not going to be because Matt Canada 
somehow has this mythical connection to Kenny Pickett. Okay, that's yeah. absolutely nonsense. He, you can't score seventeen points a game three consecutive years in the NFL and keep your job. You're just you're not going to. I'm not. I'm not asking for Canada to be fired. I, it, my issue has been. You've heard me rant about this a bunch. They don't have talent. They don't have any dudes. That's what today is about. Okay. They they need to go get some dudes here. They needed the quarterback for sure. And there were six receivers who went in the first what eighteen picks. Didn't yes. expect that to happen. They didn't. Pickett was the best option, in my opinion. It's pretty clear that he was the best option. So, so also, we're, we're going to end with the last blinding light show. They drafted. They did not draft Kenny Pickett to run Matt Canada's offense because he fits the scheme. They drafted Kenny Pickett first largely because they don't have a future developmental quarterback, regardless of whatever scheme that that player is going to eventually be running. Yeah. They well, don't now have they're a gonna quarterback. Make a scheme around the quarterback. Exactly. You know? the, the scheme doesn't come ahead of the player. I. There are 53 players. There's one coach. If the coach is not flexible with what he's doing, this is the NFL too. Keep that in mind. This is not college. You don't get to consistently just dominate your players and make them do whatever it is that you want them to do. You have to adjust what you're doing based on your personnel. And you have to understand the fact that the other team has coaches and scouts that get paid a lot of money to figure out what you're doing. If you don't change that, if you aren't flexible with that, they're going to know very simply what you're doing and i think the steelers over the last two years are proof of that but that issue is more you didn't have anybody <laughs> you know so much you, can, to, you can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit it's that simple and that and, that was and, the steelers and, offense in the last and, and where years. are they where's the draft at what pick are they at right now neil maybe we can um, keep the show Falcons going to the steelers so they're probably still what about 20 picks away 14 i think about steelers 14 picks 16. steelers at uh 52 sorry 14 i'm yeah, so we add. probably won't <laughs> we probably won't stay on until the Steelers pick. But 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 to, to kind of put please, a book. Please, on I'm it, sorry. Please tell me you're kidding. You added Boykins in because you think the Steelers have talent. Okay, Miles Boykins among the ones that you listed as having talent. Okay. Because because bottom wow, line, man. I mean, and, and let me kind of answer this and put the book on uh, blinding light shows comments by simply saying this, and I learned this from Jim. Um, years ago when I used to ask Jim, you know, how do you assess a draft? You know, how do you measure that a draft is very good, so on and so forth. Bottom line, drafts are assessed by winning and losing. The goal is to win and lose football games. No more, no less. You're not going to stay married and tied to a scheme just to stay tied to a scheme if you don't win football games at the end of the day if you don't win football games you're going to get fired and they're going to say take your scheme with you you got <laughs> to win football games that's what it is so before we conclude the program neil if 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 you're talking to a Steeler fan out there listening to the show and you want a grade day two you want to give the Steelers a grade two a day two grade of an a what what players are the Steelers walking away? What position groups, not necessarily players, what position groups are they hitting, assuming that these players are going to be players that they want and are going to be very productive at some point in their NFL career? You know, what are you saying? What is a Steeler fan looking for for the Steelers to do? And you say, this is the Steelers hit it on the head. This is what they should have done day two. If, if they get 
it, it starts with the receiver who needs to be a playmaker of some type. I think it's a running back in, in round three because I think they need a guy that can come in and play and actually add uh, an explosive element that, I'm sorry, Najee Harris just doesn't have. He is not an explosive player. Um, he's not going to make big plays. They need a, a home run hitting type of running back, which is the one they should have drafted last year and for whatever reason didn't. They need – if they get – if they walk out of this uh, – of tonight – making two picks, so I don't want to talk about trading or anything like that. They make two picks with two playmaking offensive players. I think they should be a re- at least one receiver and a running back. That's just my opinion, but if, if they figure out uh, whatever position to get two guys with explosive playmaking ability, that's a great day, too. To, to me. I, I agree. I agree. They they, they and, and Ali Howard species, Asalaam Alaikum, my brother, 5618, look, Lance, tell them we need juice. They need some juice. They, they, they need some juice. Got no dudes. They got they no need dudes. dudes. They need some dudes. They got no juice. And McFarlane is explosive. McFarlane is not a quality NFL football player. McFarlane I, isn't on the field. There's a reason he doesn't play. Okay. He's not good. And if <laughs> he was McFarlane explosive is in Maryland guy, with Matt Canada, right? Let's let's keep dipping back into that well. It it it's this is the NFL, okay? If if McFarland looked like an explosive player at Maryland, okay, I I understand. That's why he was drafted in the fourth round. He doesn't play. He's either hurt or he isn't active. I don't know what to tell you. He can't really be explosive if you don't play. It, it's it's as simple as that. Yeah, I mean it's 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 there's a lot of confusion, and I oh understand. This, and this I stop. And, and, and they I did understand. not draft Kenny Pickett because of Matt Canada's system, okay? Matt Canada doesn't have a system. And if he does, it needs to change. They scored 17 points a game last season. Yes, they He's did. not doing anything creative. He doesn't have any talent. They didn't take Kenny Pickett because of Matt Canada. All right? Matt Canada is going to be responsible for putting together an offense to make Kenny Pickett as good as he can be, and that's great. I'm glad that they know each other. I'm glad that they have a relationship. But acting like the almighty is Matt Canada's offense and they need to plug everything into this is completely ridiculous. There is no basis for that at all except complete failure at the NFL level. Do you realize how bad that offense was last season? Matt Canada was in charge of it. You're going to blame Ben? Fine. It's the only card they had to play. They didn't change anything. Maybe it's because they couldn't do anything. But if this scheme is that important, if it's that important, it shouldn't have relied that heavily on one player. Because, Frank, looking at it, I couldn't see anything else for them to do. There weren't any other options. They aren't very good. He wasn't drawing up anything that that worked on a game-to-game basis. They went five, six drives without getting first downs. It's not just one player. That's the whole group. And he's in charge of it. I'm not asking for him to be fired. I'm just saying, let's let's dial this back considerably. They did not See, just draft the first quarterback in the first round since 2004 because of Matt Canada, their second-year offensive coordinator who oversaw one of the five worst offenses in the NFL last year. Guillermo that didn't happen. France. Okay? Who did his Done. name was Guillermo France? The Guillermo France offense. And everyone to listen to our show. Because one of the beauties, I think, of our show is we're going to give it to you like Thelonious Monk said, straight up no chaser, straight no chaser. I mean, there's no reason to regurgitate 
some of the stuff that you hear from other talking heads because we just be other talking heads. I mean, bottom line, and I love the education that Jim is giving me in this is that it's just all about wins and losses. I mean, you're trying to do the best you can with the personnel that you have to win games. You can't be married to one particular way if your goal is to win games. Because if you are, you don't win games, you'll be talking about games like me and Neil. That's just how this works. You have to be flexible. You have to get talent that is flexible and malleable as well, that's coachable, that you can mold into professional football players that can execute plans, schemes, whatever you want to call it, for you to win football games. So, Neil, I want to thank you. Let me add this, this, Neil, before we get out of here. I just want to add this really quickly to add to my point. I Again, I'm not putting absolutely everything on Matt Canada, but – there's a reason they they signed a quarterback on day one of free agency and they drafted one with their first pick. All right. I understand that Ben was a problem. They lost two wide receivers, neither of which they were interested in signing, apparently, as it turns out. I'd imagine they're going to address that position here shortly. They got a new they they let the offensive line coach walk back to college. And I'm telling you now, you're an offensive line coach in the NFL. You don't leave that job to take one in college unless they weren't bringing you back. So he had bills. They call, he had call bills that a, Yeah. Call that a he move. He had bills. He call had that bills a move that they made. Okay. They uh, were, were replacing him as well. They signed what? 16, 17 offensive linemen, something like that in free agency. Three of them are starters. They're overhauling the offensive line as well. This team has clearly declared they had a problem with their offense last season. And frankly, they had a problem with their offense the season before that. I get that Matt Canada has this, this mythical system that everybody loves. They need players to bring in. And from there, it's his job to coordinate all of it, to get it all going, rowing in the same direction, to become better. It's not just the players. It is not just Canada. It's all of them together. But it's his job to make it better than it was. If that doesn't work, they're not keeping him so he can coach Kenny Pickett. Okay. It's just no. <laughs> you can't with all, keep failing. With, with, with all that said, they're going to draft a defensive lineman and a linebacker. Probably. <laughs> like, this, this is where they take this. This is where they take the safety. This is where they take the safety and the defensive lineman. And we're going to be talking about on tomorrow's show, make sure you catch us at 8.30 (laughs) a.m. Pacific Standard Time, that they did not draft offensive players. And Neil and myself are going to go epiplectic because they are going to get their doors blown off in a division that has three of the top 12 quarterbacks in the National Football League with a bunch of playmakers and we're going to still be trying to win games by running the football and playing solid D while getting beat by double digits late in every single game next year. So, <laughs> so seven straight drives gaining less than three yards of play, something yeah, like that. 3.7. So when the Steelers draft a safety and they draft a defensive lineman today, you guys can bang us over the head and say, look, Neil and Lance don't know dog doo-doo. But with that, we're going to go ahead and conclude the program. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. And make sure you check out us tomorrow at 8.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Once again, thank you, Neil, and go Steelers.